Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So the funny thing is you can have a seemingly great business, pop the hood open, and that thing is like on fire and things are just not going well. Hello and welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for founders and CEOs who want to create healthy business growth. I'm your host, Deacon Bradley, alongside Justice Marimi, and we have a special guest today that we're bringing on the show. We have found ourselves a real-life chief profitability, profitability, am I saying that right, Justice? A chief profitability officer. It's a lot of syllables there. We'll find out what that means, why you need one. Justice, we just finished this conversation. We're we're about to let everybody listen to it. What kind of stuck out to you? That, uh, that you're excited for founders and CEOs to to learn in this next conversation. Yeah, I think it was you know he shared about the entrepreneurs. We asked him about like what do you, what do you see when when people approach you? Where are they at? What's going like? Why would they need you? That kind of stuff. And he described a person that I talk to all the time is that entrepreneur that has grown, might not know why or how they grew so fast, but now they're at this point where they're kind of cash strapped. They think the way that they alleviate that problem is that they just need to grow more. So they're always talking sales, sales, sales. <laughs> How do we grow more? But often they have no idea what the numbers mean and what's driving where they are. And I love this line, but what got them there is not going to get them to that next spot. And so he touches on what actually creates that clarity. So it's amazing. That's super cool. For me, one thing that really stands out is how when you're missing this role and you'll see exactly what this role actually does, but have having this person on your team actually makes you the leader, like a more effective leader and you can actually get where you want to go. And so I learned a ton from this. I'm super excited. And here's our conversation with Bruce Beaumont. All right, Bruce Beaumont, we got you on the show today. Super pumped you're here. Welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? Doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited to talk to you too. So I talk to a lot of businesses and brands and not many people have a Bruce. And and Bruce, I always describe you as a CFO, fractional CFO, but I, I want to hear it from you though. Uh, that's my outsider, like <laughs> layman version of it. But what, what would you say? How is it that, how do you position yourself? I guess. Uh, um, it's funny you ask that because I, I struggle to come up with that myself. It's just easy to call it a CFO. Um, I, recently I started calling it chief profit officer, Ooh, um, because I like it, it. that's good. Yeah. And here's why, because sometimes people just lump what they think of as a CFO into the same bucket as the bookkeeper and the tax accountant. And <clears throat> really what, what we do, what I do is, is, focused so much around profitability, cash flow, and just strategy, improving the health of the business. So it, it's a, it's a different function than, than that. So, I, so 
what am I? Yeah, it, chief finance, chief financial officer, chief profit officer. You know, that's high like, level strategy focus. I think that's awesome. The, the it's like the perfect way to kick this off because I talk to lots of brands. They almost never have a Bruce, and one of my first recommendations often is you need to go talk to Bruce. Like there, there is, I notice when this spot is not filled on their roster, but I don't totally have the language to describe what it does. You mentioned three people right there. You said accountant, bookkeeper, CFO. Can you give us like a quick rundown of like those players yeah. on the field? Just so people kind of understand a little bit about the difference. I think that's a, a missing understanding in a lot of cases. Yeah. So the bookkeeper is, you know, it's, keep it simple. The bookkeeper is there to record transactions, right? It, it's, you have checking accounts, credit cards on, on, in your business. They're there to make sure those are recorded, all the transactions recorded and, you know, the term reconciled, right? So everything that clears the bank was recorded in your financial statements. Um, it, you know, of course they'll, uh, They'll come at me with pitchforks if I don't say they do more than that, but they, you know, they, and they do, right? There's, there's more to it than just that, but keep it simple. They're recording transactions. Um, you know, the, the accounting, there's almost, there's two sides of that. You have your tax accountant, which is a, you know, that's a key player in any business. Um, but you also, business can reach a certain size where think of it more as just a financial accountant financial management accountant comes into play and they're kind of the next level above the bookkeeper um, where I don't want to get into too much complications, but like revenue recognition comes into play, right? So the bookkeeper might record a transaction, but due to revenue recognition, that transaction needs to be handled differently. So the accountant usually is kind of at that next level to ensure the financial statements reflect reality. That's kind of the best way I like to say, mm. to say it. Um, but you know, the bookkeeper oftentimes is very cash basis focused, which means whatever money comes in and whatever money goes out is how it's recorded timing, you know, of when you earned it or, you know, it's a good example of that maybe you have a contractor, you didn't pay for two months. So you pay three months worth and what in March, well, the bookkeeper is only going to record that transaction in March, right? The accountant would be there to say, no, we need to use an accounting term, accrue those expenses. So they reflect on your financial statements. And, and you know, if you're a service business, um, that impacts your gross margin, right? So it, it's going to keep things kind of how they should be. Like I said, reflecting reality. So as you come into businesses, what is it? I, I know this, I have a limited experience with you. So I know, I don't know if this is all clients that you go to, but I worked with you with a client where I know coming into this, they had a bookkeeper and I'm sitting there, I'm not the financial expert and I'm saying, gosh, you need more expertise because you don't understand your numbers. They were having trouble answering some, some questions that I was having about the profitability of the business. And all I, all I knew to tell them was like, you need more help. When you come into a business, what do you, are you usually coming in like they've got this whole other team and you're like one member of it? Or do you come in and they're like, oh my gosh, this place is a mess. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> typically, typically they're just working with a bookkeeper. Um, 
and a tax, you know, an external tax accountant. They, they have a bookkeeper, whether that is an employee contractor or, you know, like a third party vendor. Um, and that's usually all they have. So what are they missing? So what they're missing. So here's the problem. They're, they're looking at financial statements or, or not. <laughs> they stop looking at financial <laughs> statements because, because they're, they're, they were kind of built for, for bankers and accountants and investors um, for wall street. Right. It, it's, it's a report of historical activity and mm. you, you know, you can't drive your business forward looking in the rearview mirror. Right. And, and it's not to say there's no value to them because obviously it's a report. It, it's your, it's your scorecard, right? It's, did you make profit or did you not? But, but most of the small business owners, and when I say small business, you know, I, I don't know what the SBA defines that is. I can't remember, but you know, zero to 50, 60 million, maybe even a hundred million in revenue. Right. Um, what I just think of is your, your typical small business owner, the income statement, let's just take that. Cause that's your common financial statement. Everybody looks at, it doesn't have all the numbers on it that they need to go change the business there. They look at the, the income statement and they're just like, okay, that's great. I made X dollars last month. But that's not where I want to yeah. be. Let's this look right at the bottom. Tell me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, it, that's what they do. They go straight to the bottom. They don't look at anything in between. You know, a lot of times they're too complicated. There's way too many accounts on there. So their brains just get scrambled over looking at all these numbers. And usually it's not their thing. It's not what they're good at. Most business owners start their business, you know, set aside the serial entrepreneur, right? Like, or investment backed companies. Most small business owners start their business because they're good at that thing, you know, the marketing, or they like producing this product for their e-com business or what, whatever it may be, whatever the thing of the business is, they're not numbers people. Like they don't, they don't like to look at numbers and financial statements. So the financial statements are just not helpful because they're, they're looking backwards, but they also don't have all the right information to change the business. It's, it's, you know, it's lagging indicators, right? Mm. So before we hit record, I was, I was like, uh, asking you like a fractional CFO, like what is this? And you used a term that I was like, that's awesome. I want one. What is a <laughs> profitability officer? And like, why do you like that term? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I like that term because it shows that the focus is on improving the profitability of the business and it's not necessarily a financial officer or financial person, right? It, it's it, it, if you can, if you know how to look at data and form a story out of it, then you can improve the profit. You don't have to know accounting or, or, you know, complex corporate finance to do that. So that's just, I, I that's kind of why I, you're recently been gravitating <laughs> towards that term. I, um, you know, I have so many questions, by the way, like, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> um, I kind of, I'm, so I'm a coach and I get to see a lot of like the mindset and the heart in a lot of entrepreneurs. And 
I, if I knowing their stories, bringing someone like you in is like opening up their closet. Like it, there's a lot of dead bodies in there. D- how much of when you come in is like getting their ego in the right place to like allow you to come in and actually help them become more profitable? Like, do you see a lot of that? Cause I could just see them being like, Oh great. The numbers guy is coming in. He's going to see just that I've been going so hard at trying to get this thing to grow that I've made probably a million financial blunders. And now he's going to judge me. That's a good question. Um, because now that you say that I very rarely do I run into an ego issue with, with, and I think it's because they reach a point where they they've, they've recognized they have to put that aside to move forward. So that's, that's really interesting that you bring that up because I, I don't think I've, I've definitely run across that problem in my professional career prior to owning my, my, this business. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really run across that. Do you see a lot of similar? So one of the questions when you were sharing, I was like, is there a common like revenue number that they're hitting that you're like, yeah, this is usually when someone needs someone like me. And are you seeing like, what are the humbling things where they're like, I, I need you to come in like here. I I've hit that place where my ego is dead. What are like, what are the, what's the common thread you're seeing with them? So I, I, I think that a lot of people can grow a business to say, you know, around a million dollars in revenue short of having a massive transaction size, you know, where their average sale is like, a hundred thousand dollars, which just makes it really easy or it's super (laughs) small, right? Like if they're selling a a $20 item, then obviously that's a lot bigger company. But I mean, for the most part, I feel like people can build a million dollar company. And, and I I know that sounds crazy, but um, I'm going to say just a lot of people can build it, but the people who try, right. It's, you can get to a million dollars, a million and a half, maybe two before the game changes, you know, what got them to a million will not get them to five or 10 million. Because now I've got to ask what, what gets us to five to 10? Like, I'm, I'm dude, this is amazing. What happened? Take us there, Bruce. Cause I'm like, all right, well, we've got him here. Tell me. So what I see up until that million dollar point, the owner can do a lot of the work, right? They, they can, they can throw the company on their back and carry it. Um, and that's a typical trait of that person who's going to make it that far. They're, they're, they know how to grind, right? They can, mm. they can out, outwork pretty much anybody they need to outwork. But that, that wears off. That, that only takes you so far. Um, and that's, that, that's actually one of the big challenges that we see. You know, when we come in, there's, I think I mentioned this to you guys earlier, you know, we kind of have lumped the major challenges we see into five different buckets. And one of them is the business relies too much on the owner or it just falls apart without them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what changes is they can't do all the work anymore, whether it's they were delivering the revenue or they were back there turning the wrench, you know, you just use that phrase on whatever it is. Right. And they yeah. can't do that anymore. They're capa- They're at capacity. Their capacity was only, 600,000 and they had a little bit of help to get to a million. So the game now turns to, you know, you guys talk about this a lot. Um, vision, goals, leadership, 
it's getting people excited about joining your journey and mm. leading them to reach, you know, whatever that new goal is, right? Five or $10 million or 20, whatever it may be. So I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing that changes is they, the business just at that point, if they try to keep doing the same thing, the business does rely on them too much. And if they step out of it or try to take some of their hats off that they're wearing, it falls apart because they haven't put those foundations in place. Gosh, you and Deacon are like made for each other. I was what just is, thinking what? that. We oh, need to hang gosh. out more, Bruce. I know. <laughs> you, I'll get a ticket to Texas. Yeah. If any of them start crying with you, I'm your guy. Like you can go, okay, there's a guy for that. Um, I'm not like, what are the five buckets? I'm, I'm so curious because you said vision and like, do you, do you know those off head? Like here, the, these are like the five buckets. Like the five main challenges we see. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the first one is, is that the business just relies on the owner too much, right? Yeah. Falls apart without them. Um, the second one, they don't have clear vision or measurable goals, which, you know, that's what you guys talk a lot about. Um, you know, and the problem with that is, is twofold. It's first, you can't, you can't build a, a team that is in it for anything more than the paycheck if you don't have a good vision in place. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that's, you know, they're going to fall back into that first challenge of, well, the reason their business relies on you too much might be because you don't have clear vision. You're, you're not getting the people on, on board who can take those hats off of your head and keep them off. Um, so, you know, not having a clear vision and, and goals and, and really that starts with personal goals. I mean, when I start working with a new customer, our very first meeting is the first question I ask them when we get started is what are your personal goals? And yeah, obviously there's more, there's some, we, we, we tear that apart a little deeper, but we, we have to get to their personal goals so we can inform the business, what the business needs to do to make them happy. Because what we're looking for, what I, what I'm looking for, and I work with somebody is <clears throat> it, it does, you know, it does feel like therapy at times because it's, when the business owner is not happy with the business, mm -hmm. it, it's, that's it, just a bad relationship with themselves, right? If you look at owner operator, like the owner and the yeah. operator are always at odds. And when that's the same person, that's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem anyways. But when it's the same person, that's really bad, right? Because they're, they're working a lot. They're grinding it out. They're, you know, they're, just, and they don't know what they're doing it for. They just know that they're not happy with the results, but they've never stopped and said, well, what am I trying to do? I mean, what, you know, the question I always pose to people just to get them thinking, it's like, look, if you need to, if you want to buy, you know, a, a ski cabin in Montana in five years, and that's going to cost you a million dollars, I need to know that. And your business needs to know that. And I don't, when I say your business, wow. not necessarily the employees, but like right. you as the business owner need to know that you as the, just the person wants that because now that's, we have to go place that on the business if that's your primary source of income. So, mm -hmm. so we really, we go through that and say, well, what are you, what are you trying to achieve in your personal life? Because the business needs to help you get there for most people, right? Most small business owners, that's their primary source of income. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of the second one, you know, just lack of vision, lack of goals. And, I love and that, that you brought that up just to, just to interrupt for a second. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because a lot of times people wind up sitting down with me 
or to, to also to grow their business in a different way. Whereas they sit down with you, they want to grow their business, but like we're solving different problems, but it's interesting because I often start in a really similar place, Bruce. And sometimes I get the little like side eye, like, what are we talking about here? But what's interesting is, and here's what I think is happening down lower is you're like, you're, they, they, somewhere deep down below is that they, that thing that they want, whether they've acknowledged it or not, but their default solution to it is always, well, if I can create more sales and more profit, then I can buy my way out of all these problems. And so they're just like more sales, more profit, more sales, more profit. Mm-hmm. They come to me for more sales, come to you for more profit. Right. And, uh, and it's just like, once I get that, these problems will go away. But I love that you started just by being really intentional about well, what do you yeah. actually want? <laughs> yeah. And, and I agree with what you just said, because actually I talked to somebody this morning and, and it not, for, not for the, not the first time I've heard this, but they have a, they have a hard time answering the personal goals because they're so busy in their business. They never stopped. And this is exact. And I tell them like, this is exactly why you do it. You have to define success and what winning looks like. Cause we all, you know, you guys talk about it. You like CEO needs to rest, right? What is your rest? You've got to know what winning looks like. So, you know, when you can pull back because, you know, they just get so into it and they're grinding so hard on the business that they just think that, okay, more sale. I just got to go sell more. And then I'll be able to think about what I really want. And, and that it's, that's a bad way to look at it because (laughs) what if, I mean, what if you, you know, you're, you're, you don't want to work 40, 50 hours a week. That's okay. Like hustle culture says it's not, but it is if you're the business owner and you're like, you know what, I want to be able to work 20 to 30 hours and make, you know, whatever, half a million dollars a year net profit. And that's, that's a 25% margin. And I'm happy with that then that's what we need to work towards. And they, you know, and, and then we start, we start tweaking what the right areas are to, to folk, you know, to, to, to I love get it. there. I totally interrupted you midway through your challenges. So here's your next challenge. Do you know what challenge we're on? <laughs> I did. I, yeah. I think that, yeah, that was, that was the, the second one. So, I mean, the third one is the, you know, there's a, chicken or egg or chicken versus egg, whatever catch 22 that a lot of business owners are in where they, where they need more profit um, and need more cash. But the problem is they're trying to grow or, you know, pay themselves, but they can't Mm -hmm. do that without more profit and they can't get that profit without more growth. So they need the cash to invest in the growth, but it's held up because they don't have the profit coming in. See what I'm saying? So it's a, it's what comes first. Yeah. Yeah. I see that a lot in physical products, businesses where Mm -hmm. this is like a simple version of it, where it's just, you know, inventory cost of goods sold goes down for each unit. If you can buy, make bigger orders, but you got to have the profit to make a bigger order. And it's yep. like a cash flow, like you said, it's like a cash flow catch twenty two, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and in a, you know, a a business like that where it's it's product based and you have cost of goods sold. I mean, businesses who are if they're not careful, they can grow themselves out of business because they they don't have the yeah. cash. And and that you know, businesses fail. It's interesting because all these kind of five reasons these are these are kind of the the primary challenges we see. 
But if you don't correct them, they all result in you running out of cash. <laughs> it's just different ways to get there. Um, and, and that's how Five businesses- Five ways to run out of cash. <laughs> exactly. On today's yeah. episode. Right. So, and, and that's what, that's what kills small businesses. You know, the, the, the stat that's, I think it's been this number for forever, 50% of businesses don't see their fifth birthday. Right. And, and it's mm-hmm. usually because they run out of cash because of one of these challenges, putting them in that situation. So yeah, the, the profit and cash flow catch 22 is, is that third one. Um, and so the, the next one is, is, uh, that, that, you know, they usually don't have a good way to know what's working or what's not working in their business. And this is back to the difference between bookkeeping, tax accounting, and let's go with profit officer, right? Just somebody monitoring profitability. Um, they don't know how revenue happened. Other, and, and when I say that, obviously, well, they had sales, but, but that's, that's not, that's an outcome. And I, I say it all the time. Revenue is an outcome. It's an outcome of your effectiveness of your marketing, you know, your ability to generate leads, qualified opportunities to sell, your ability to convert those into buyers, your ability to retain customers. Um, it, you know, what your average transaction value is, whatever that, you know, whether that's an invoice or a, an order, you know, average order value you guys deal with all the time. Um, so that, but they don't, they don't have a good way to know what's working and what's not working in their business. So they don't know how to change it. And that's back to the reason why the P&L or the income statement is not very helpful to them. Mm. That's one of the things that came up last week when we were talking to Zach was this, this idea of he, he called he was kind of using the phrase kind of, I guess like the Mike McCallowitz phrase of like, stop using your bank balance to figure out if your marketing is working, working or not. Like (laughs) just this whole idea that they don't know what's, what's working or what's not. They're just like looking at their bank balance going great. Not great. Right. How do I make this get bigger? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a very common trait of people we start working with as they're running their business by their bank account. And then, mm. and they know that it's not going to work, you know, or it, it doesn't work. Um, that, that can only take you so far. Oh, can, funny story about that, Bruce. And you'll probably relate to this. So this was, uh, uh years ago at this point, and I'm, we're working with back in my, my agency days, we're working with this business that sells digital goods. And, and our job as the agency was to get like a, a certain return on ad spend number. We'll call it three because that's the, the one that we always joke about. Like everybody needs the 3X ass, and then you can magically scale to the moon. So we're working with this company and and we would be like hitting that number. And, you know, we have these weekly meetings. And so we'd come to a meeting one week and it would be like, this is going fantastic. Spend more. Let's do more of what you're doing. Same thing, just more. And, uh, and we're like, all right, well, return on ad spend might dip down a bit. And they're like, that's fine. You know, just let's go. And so, you know, we turn the volume up and maybe we're doing much bigger volume. Uh, And keep in mind, this is like a digital product. So fulfillment costs are pretty low. We weren't (laughs) worried about stuff like that. And we'd go to the next meeting and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, turn off the ads. We have like, I don't, this isn't working. And uh, so we'd turn it back down and then we'd go to the next meeting 
and they're like, oh my gosh, we need more, like why are they, we need more profit in the business. They were in come to find out they were doing two things really wrong. One was I guarantee you they were using bank balance marketing measurement, <laughs> just looking at their bank balance and going, this is great. This is not great. So through a series of, oh man, I wish I knew you back then, Bruce, because they needed you. <laughs> <laughs> through a series of conversations, and keep in mind, I, I'm wearing my marketing service provider hat at this point. We find out that they have like a, a nest egg, that they like a nest, like this floor that they need to cover every month of their overhead of like a hundred grand. And so even if we got this like 3X or 4X return that looked good in ad spend, but it wasn't generating a hundred grand profit, he was looking in his bank like, I can't make payroll. Or, oh, I can make payroll. Oh, I can't make payroll. So he's communicating oh, no. with us around ad spend return. But what he was really feeling was he didn't know if he would have enough cash at the end of the month to pay his bills. Uh, and it was so this weird, just wild reactions back and forth because he's looking at the wrong numbers, but it was a hundred percent back to this. Like, I don't know what's working. I don't know what's not. Yeah. I have very little concept mm. of, of my overhead, even like that wasn't even a number <laughs> that he had thought about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly. Yep. That's, that's a symptom of, of just like you just said, not knowing what's working and what's not working. And it also kind of touches on that, the, the kind of fifth challenge of the, they don't know where to focus efforts so they're just ping-ponging all over the place, hoping to fix something. And the problem with that, and this is, I think, is what you saw there, is it, it can be dangerous because, you know, what the, what's the saying? Even a broken clock is right twice a day. So, you know, they, they turn <laughs> yeah. something, they turn marketing off or they, or they ramp it back up or do something, right? They're flip, flipping all these switches in the business. And then they see the bank balance go up and like, oh, great, that must have worked. Well, that's <laughs> like, you know, the broken clock's right twice a day, right? So yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if you don't, you don't have a, a good, you know, we call it a scoreboard for the business at, to really know what's causing your numbers to change your, you know, your profit specifically and in, in cash flow. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a dangerous place to live for a, for a business. Because you're probably not focused on the right things. You're just in reaction mode, you know, literally flipping switches all the time and hoping to see positive change, but you don't know what caused it when it, when you see it. I'm wondering what, I'm so curious as, I'm, I'm not trying to get you to brag, but I want you to <laughs> brag. Um, what, what, do, what, do, what do people say after you and your team are done? Like, working what are what are often like the markers that you guys are like yep we're used to hearing that like these things have happened the owner feels like this cuz i'm just it's got to be not awkward but okay i'm at this humbling point i'm bringing you in but at the end i'm just imagining them going i should have done this sooner i don't know like but i'm wondering what changes for them and what changes in their business so i i think to to answer that let me tell you we we install a scoreboard where we monitor what we, we call 15 key drivers. And that sounds like a lot of numbers, but there's five revenue drivers, five profit drivers, and five cash flow drivers. And, mm. and the five revenue drivers, they're all waterfall, or I'll commonly say to them a map. It's a, there's a revenue map and it's a formula. Um, it's, it's leads, 
conversion rate, retention rate, purchase frequency. So how many, what's your average number of times a customer buys from you and then your average transaction value. And when on our scoreboard, it's, that's a formula. So, um, same with profits, it's, it's a revenue cost of sales, payroll expenses, marketing expenses as a percent of revenue. Cause that's, that's key. We don't care if we spend increased spend from 10,000 to a hundred thousand, if the percentage is 2%, right. Um, 2% of revenue and then overhead expenses. So the, the, the first thing is, is just the clarity and just feeling like they finally understand Mm. why their business is the way it is. Um, wow. It makes me think of Michael Scott from the office. <laughs> why are you the way you are? I mean, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's one of the first things, most immediate things they see, um, you know, results down the road. I mean, it's, it's just, it's that. First of all, uh, you know, I know they like to see profit. I really enjoy seeing them just feeling better. I mean, I, I tell them my goal is for you to leave our meeting feeling better than coming into it. And usually early on mm. with a new customer, there's a bigger change there, right? They're, they're just, they're usually in a worse place. They're, they're doubting, you know, they're, they're stressed, they're confused where to go next. They're overwhelmed because they're working too much, whatever it may be. Right. They're usually not, they're usually not in a great spot. They're in what I would consider struggling or surviving mode, right? They're just, mm. they're below water or they're barely treading water. Um, mm. I do, I do have customers that, I, that will, will start working with that are successful, profitable businesses, which is interesting because they, what they really like is they were successful, but they didn't know why they didn't. And yeah. the drivers really help them understand why, and then how to continue that accept that success. I was going to say, they've got to feel like, oh, now we know how to push this lever up. We've just right. been doing all this stuff. We're thankful. We're right. successful. I mean, we've even run into people that were like, they don't even know what they did, like how like that, how they got there. And so when they look towards growth, they're just trying to do whatever a guru or someone online is telling them that they got to do more of. And they start mm-hmm. saying stuff like, we just want to, we want to get better ROAS. And then <laughs> a, like, it's like, right you just learned that somewhere. Right. Um, you're like going, Oh, they're, I'm sure they're just like, Oh, aha moments. This is great. This allows them to lead, like really lead exactly. their, their organization. Yep. It, yeah. Justice, can I, can I speak to that for a minute and just tell a story about from the other side of the wall of one of Bruce's clients. So Bruce and I, Bruce and I share a client. Like I actually met him through this client, uh, I have kind of a a coaching consulting relationship with them. Bruce is helping them with the numbers. Bruce and I don't like talk about this client. So I just experience Bruce's work through the client. And that's, we had this really cool um, session towards the, I don't remember if it was end of December or early January, kind of somewhere in the year in. And this is a, a client who eight months ago, when I'm asking them about profitability metrics and stuff like that, like no idea. They were kind of in, in, like bookkeeper land where the taxes were done, but they didn't know any of the numbers. So fast forward, they've been working with Bruce for a while and he shows up to his January meeting. And he's like, Hey, I want to, I want to tell you about our goals this year. We want to get to this revenue number to do that. We're going to need this many clients. And 
will probably have to hire th- these people. And so he's showing up to me knowing what I, what I usually see businesses do is they just have this goal and the goal is like, it's just some number off next year that they'd like to hit. And they're like, yeah, I think we could do that. Uh, but they don't know how. He showed up with the number, but he also knew really clearly, I have to sign this many new accounts to this quarter to make that happen. And this many accounts next quarter. And then we'll probably need to add a team member and that's going to affect costs. And so by working with Bruce, they actually had not just a goal, but it was like a realistic goal and they knew the path to getting there. And now me as a coach and consultant, I now have a lot of clarity around awesome we are now focused on getting those accounts lined up and making sure he has all the processes to, to hit that goal. And when it's time to hire the team member, we'll be like, great, we're going to work on that now. And so that's been my experience is just, they wow. have so much more clarity. Whereas before it's just like the, the goal is usually more like yeah. I want more and I'm going to go up <laughs> and to the right. Yeah. And they're just kind of like scrambling around. But after having the, but this, particular client who has somebody of Bruce's caliber is like, yeah, they want more and they want to go up and to the right, but they know how to get there. And that makes yeah. such a huge difference to me who's trying to help them. Like, I don't have to help them him figure that out anymore because he knows and that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, I, I'll use the analogy. Um, it's like having a GPS system right in your car. I mean, the, the first challenge is when you don't know where you're trying to go, it's really hard to get there because you don't know where there is. Right. So that's the first. And that's why we, we say we got to start with your personal goals and then develop business goals um, to inform what that destination is. And then I mentioned those 15 numbers. I mean, those become the roadmap to reach the destination. So rather than saying, okay, I want to go from whatever, a million to 5 million. And again, sell more is not the answer, right? Like that's just, that's the outcome. You have to do things to make your company sell more. Um, the roadmap becomes and especially, you know, the five revenue drivers are the how that's the, how we're going to get there. That's the roadmap, the GPS system. That's going to be telling you turn left here, turn right there, drive two miles. So, um, yeah, you know, the, back to kind of the results. I mean, that that's, that's what it is. They, they finally have a clear path to get where they want to go and they're making progress to it. Right. I mean, tell people when I talk about it, you know, just in, I mean, not, not with, uh, only customers, but just educating business owners, uh, kind of tell them like, look, you need to install this process of figure out your personal goals so you can figure out your business goals. There's your destination, right. And that's going to make you happy. And, and then you, you use these drivers to build your roadmap and then you can even kind of level that up, go to a, you know, take that to a, uh, the next level and say, well, what are the leading indicators for these target or for these drivers for our business? Um, and, and that's where you can start assigning things down to, to the team, right? Hey, marketing, this is what you need to do. Hey, sales, this is what you need to do. De, you know, delivery, fulfillment, whatever it may be on your, on your, whatever, however you're generating your revenue. Now they can have some direction. Um, and then you got to start measuring, you got to put a scoreboard in place to start measuring against these targets, looking at it every month. And, you know, what a lot of people don't do is they don't have an action plan. They have no, you know, they might just look at numbers, but then it's all right. And that's the, 
that's the problem with the PL again. Another problem. It's like, well, I don't really know what to do with this. So when you're tracking to this to a scoreboard, um, you know, you put together an action plan. What are our objectives? What are the the key next steps? Who owns it? When is it due? And and you that scoreboard and action plan becomes a monthly process that you get into. And that's that's how you reach where you're trying to go. I love this because what you're really describing or what I'm hearing as a non-financial person is you are helping people be better leaders. And I think that's no kidding. That is yeah. really, really cool. It's amazing, uh, it, man. I just yep. think that's really awesome. Bruce, where can people find you online if they are realizing that they don't have a Bruce? They need a chief profit officer. <laughs> right. So I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Twitter. LinkedIn, you just search for me, Bruce Beaumont, B-E-A-U-M-O-N-T. And we, we can put that in the the, the notes, I assume, right? Um, same on Twitter, Bruce underscore Beaumont. And then my company's website is ascendwise.io. Actually, I believe the .com will take you there now as well. We'll put the links in the show notes. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by, Bruce. We're going to do this again because I can tell just by looking at Justice, he has about a thousand more questions. We'll Ah, get to those. We'll get to those next time. All right. Thanks for joining us today on the Sharp Business Growth Podcast. If you're a business leader who wants to accelerate your growth, win back time, and actually enjoy your success. I'd invite you to connect with us over at sharpbusinessgrowth.com. Hit the Let's Talk button, drop in your info. We'd love to connect with you, figure out what is going wrong in your business, how we can help you grow faster. See you next week.